You're listening to the Fit Mind, Fit Body podcast, where we explore the connection between a fit body and positive mental health. And our big mission, it's to help 10,000 runners to develop fitter minds in the next two years. I'm your host, Michelle Frost. Let's get moving. Welcome to this episode of the Fit Mind Fit Body Podcast. Today we talk to Ali Downey. And not only do we hear from Ali, but we also hear from Ali's 10-month-old son, Asher, as he gives us a little bit of background noise. <laughs> he does head off to bed around the 46-minute mark, but it is lovely to have him join us on the Fit Mind Fit Body Podcast. It's also lovely to hear from Ali, his mum. One of the things Ali says in this podcast is, if you can't run fast, run far. That was something that she heard many years ago and it stuck with her. And I thought it was really cool. Enjoy this podcast. Today on Fit Mind Fit Body, I am really excited to introduce everyone to Ali Downey, a friend of mine who I haven't seen in some time because she's left the state. So, Ali, hello. Hi. And welcome. I really Thanks. am excited to chat with you today because it's like, oh, I haven't talked to Ali in so long. Two years. Yeah, that's crazy. So, obviously, you don't sound very Tasmanian. Your accent's not so Tasmanian. So, <laughs> Tell us a little bit about your background. Where did you grow up and all that kind of stuff? Um, I grew up in Canada. Uh, we moved around a fair bit because my dad's in the army. Yeah. And so every few years we would jump around the country and go from one province to another. And by the time I was in year nine uh, or year 10, I went to nine schools. So pretty much always nine the new girl. Schools. Nine schools. Well, that's why you're so good at making friends. Just have to learn to adapt, I guess. <laughs> now, for everyone who's wondering what the interesting noise in the background, tell us who you have with you, Ali. We have Asher, who's 10 months old, playing with Aww. the container. Sorry. Um, <laughs> so Asher was supposed to be sleeping now, but of course, what generally happens, isn't it, with kids? They go, they like clockwork when it doesn't really matter so much, but the moment that you want them to be like clockwork, doesn't happen <laughs> sounded like too much fun so he's joining in yeah he wants to be part of the call and that's cool I reckon <laughs> sorry <laughs> it's fine don't be sorry um tell me about your exercise and, and all that fitness stuff when you were at school what sort of things did you do so school in Canada is pretty different um than Australia with sport so where it's compulsory here it isn't in Canada so things like um, your swimming carnivals or your cross country, that's all sort of, if you really want to sign up, you can, mm -hmm. but it's not something you would do as a school and you're not forced to do it or okay. even necessarily encouraged, but lots of people do after school sport. Um, but you just mostly choose what path you would like to take and then do that as an extracurricular activity rather than as part of a school. Yeah. So the one thing that does always happen is Terry Fox Run. Um, and people in Canada will definitely know about it, but in Australia, Terry Fox was, sorry, I'm just, he's very distracting. <laughs> I'll just take him out, sorry. Um, 
everybody who has children understands completely. <laughs> yes. It's really challenging to have a train of thought, though. Um, it is. Yeah, so back to Terry Fox. Terry Fox was this 19 or 20-year-old guy who lost his leg to cancer, um, and then he was amputated and decided that he wanted to raise money for cancer research and awareness, so he decided to run a marathon a day, every day, until he reached one coast of Canada to the other. Wow. And so he started um, on the east coast of Canada, Yeah. ran for 150 days or something around there, and he finished in Thunder Bay, and then he ended up dying, which was really quite sad, but he raised so much awareness, and I think around $5 million. So back in the 80s, it was quite wow. a bit of, of money, and the whole nation just really rallied Valid. behind this young kid who had to run with such a gait because his amputated leg would spring back each time oh, he wow. ran so he had like he was in so much pain but he persisted and it just created this huge movement so every year in September there's the Terry Fox run at schools and most of the schools just run laps and then you try to raise money for cancer awareness so wow. that's probably my first exposure to running really kind of Terry fun. Fox run yeah. Oh. And it starts from every year, from year one all the way to the end of primary school. Yeah, yeah. And I think it might only be a kilometer, but um, yeah, that's that was kind of my first exposure to running. And did you love it, or was it more about? No, that I hated it. <laughs> I hated it so much to the point where I would do a lap and then sneak into the toilets and hide so I wouldn't have to keep running. Um, <laughs> because it was really competitive and that wasn't the focus like it shouldn't have been competitive but yeah. you needed to get your laps done you didn't want to be the slowest person at the end and my brother was quite good at it so I always felt like running was this thing that guys were good at because my yeah. dad was running um, but I didn't know any girls that would run enjoy it and have like a positive experience around it so Terry yeah. Fox was just another thing that yeah it was a great initiative uh, raised money for cancer everyone knows someone with cancer but it wasn't something I looked forward to and I dreaded it every year that's interesting well, one thing that I do think about um, when I think of Canadians as I think we might have talked about before on a run is just mm -hmm. how outdoors Canadians seem to be at least from the outside so that get, getting out and going um, hiking and and paddling and all that kind of stuff was that a part of your childhood as well or is that just how we think of Canadians it's hard to know like what's the Canadian experience and what's my family's experience. Yeah. Yeah. So we did a lot of hiking and camping and being outside because we enjoyed that as a family, but not all my friends enjoyed that. Yeah. Um, but it was something we definitely enjoyed doing. Um, and Canada's so big and beautiful that there's, there's lots of places to see, yeah. but it's also very cold. So camping in the winter is not really a thing. So there's a very, small window of when you can be outside and it to be really enjoyable and so I think that's usually when you'd get the idea of most people wanting yeah. to camp so what sort of sport did you do then in your childhood I was, in, I was a swimmer so I swam quite a bit um and we trained really hard so it would be sometimes up to 20 hours a week of training mm -hmm. um so before school after school um Saturdays Friday nights Sunday mornings swim meets um and you're kind of always sore but yeah. it was really enjoyable and then I played water polo um up until year 12 and started coaching swimming oh wow um yeah 
So I swam competitively for six or seven years. Gosh, that would have kept maybe, you. Maybe longer. So yeah. can you remember thinking why? So were you doing it because you were getting results or were you doing it because it made you feel good or like for why do you keep or... doing Yeah, for the swimming because it's when you have to do all those long hours in the early mornings and things. I loved it. Like I love, I love diving into the water and just mm. being the first to kind of cut through the water and like just feel strong in the pool. Um, yeah. And it was something I didn't have to compare myself to my brother because he had yeah. his hockey and he was quite involved in hockey from a really young age. Um, and it was something I felt like I was okay at. Yeah. Um, and it was just, it was a real community. Like you have a really strong swim team um, where you see your coach all the time and you kind yeah. of build those relationships, even though it's an individual sport, it's still very much a team atmosphere. Yeah. yeah. So that was quite enjoyable. Um, and I ended up getting quite a few injuries. So I started running because I was too sore to keep swimming. <laughs> that's interesting. So that's because often that's runners end up in the pool started. from injuries. Yes. And then or they're up in the pool to recover. the other way around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I don't think I've ever heard anyone say that <laughs> from, yeah. from swimming to running to get over an injury. It's usually the other way around. <laughs> yeah. I just had chronic pain in my shoulders and oh. like my joints were really, really sore already yeah. in year 11. So oh. I got to the point where I was running just to try to stay fit for the pool. Um, yeah. But then I started to really quite enjoy running. <laughs> well, that's how ridiculous that you would just enjoy running. I don't understand that. Yeah, no, of course I do. <laughs> so, so you're in, you move on to university. Did you go to university in Canada? Kind of feel like you did. A bit of both, but the running started in high school um, because I was quite sore, but I also wanted something to do at school mm-hmm. um, because there was a school swim team, but there was also lots of like cross country teams. And I figured it might lend itself to do both. Yeah. Um, and so I was doing cross country a bit to stay fit for swimming. Um, and then there was this parent funded trip to go to Vancouver for the sun run, which is a 10 K race. And the only stipulation was if you could go to every practice, you you were allowed to miss three practices, I think. And if you made it to all of those, you were allowed to come on the trip. And so the school had organized this and there was, probably 60 of us from oh, year wow. 10 11 or 12 yeah and we would drive from Edmonton to Vancouver oh. which is 14 hours and wow. then we got to stay in Vancouver for I think three or four days and then oh, we would do this exciting. 10k race and so I figured it would be a fun way to travel my parents yeah. were paying for it and if I have to run 10k oh well I get to hang out with my friends and, and we trained all through winter oh. And then we went in, I think it was May. Um, and I did that every year in high school. And that's what really hooked me into running was this fun run that wasn't competitive. It was just enjoyable. You got to do this amazing race with like 100,000 participants. Um, and we got to stay in a nice hotel and stop at the hot springs on the way. And it was just really well done. And I think it hooked us into running before we left school so that we had yeah. those habits while we yeah. were in university yeah and you had that goal or that um 
not even just a goal, but that's something to look forward to. So and the run, it wasn't necessarily the run, but it was yeah. the the whole trip. Atmosphere yeah. of it all. Yeah. 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 And it really sold running as this, like not just cross country where you go for an afternoon and you run a 5K, but this huge lead up training plan, you know, like they taught us about nutrition. Oh. Um, and it was just an amazing event all through high school. And it was like quite a bonding trip for all of us. Oh, I love um, it. Yeah. It was great. That's really cool. So when you suddenly had a choice, why did why do you reckon you kept running? Why do you think you kept running when you suddenly had a choice? I think I got quite hooked in year 12 as I was transitioning out of swimming. Um, I still craved being active and feeling like that soreness in your muscles is so like, I don't know, it just it's really like addictive to feel yeah. like I can feel my muscles. I feel stronger. I feel fitter. I feel like I can take on more because my mind is clear because I've gone for that run and exerted myself through the day. And now I feel like I can do everything else. Yeah. So I kept that going and it just really helped me while I was studying. Mm-hmm. And then when I moved to Australia, it was a great way to see everything in Townsville. Um, so how, just- how did you end up in Townsville? Can you oh, give us a yes, little I'm bit jumping of ahead. No, no, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> so I did two years of uni in Canada. Yeah. And I was kind of at that crossroads of what do I want to do? Um, do I want to keep going with studying education? Do I want to yeah. do something else? So you were training um, to be a teacher in Canada? Well, you have to do two years of um, undergrad arts before you can okay. then specialize in education. Mm-hmm. Um so I was pretty lost. And so I thought, I'll just go to, I'll just go to Australia and do a year as an au pair. And get and found. Then maybe I'll have some time to figure things out. Yeah. Um, so I did that for a year and lived in Townsville and stayed with a family that worked at the mine. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, found a really good group of friends my own age. And yeah. a lot of them were also into running. And so we'd run along the Ross River and explore Townsville and go on hikes and travel up north. And we just, we had a really good time. So I, I fell in love with Townsville, but also Australia and really desperately wanted to stay, but had realized my time was coming to an end. Mm. And then in the last two weeks, I met Will, who I'm now married to. <laughs> so, that is so that kind of, yeah, that brought me back to Australia after a bit of time back in Canada for a year and then I came back to Australia and finished off studying here. So you finished your education degree in Townsville is that right? Yeah right? yes yeah. at JCU. Yeah. yeah so when you went yeah. back to Canada for a year did you study then or was that? that yeah was like, I did another yeah. year. Yeah of education as well. Study. Wow. And back for some more. So during all that study time um, you ran as well you were saying before that that helps your study so tell me how how it helped do you think well I have a hard time sitting still for long periods of time well Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people might have that and so I just kind of get antsy but I find if I go for a run first or break up a long period of study Mm -hmm. um, I can focus for so much longer yeah so I found once I had a routine um like when I was studying in Canada I would get to uni pretty early, but then in the middle of the day when it had warmed up enough, 
I would bring all my things with me and then go for a run in between classes. Yep. And that was probably the best because there is a beautiful river there. And if you wait long enough in the day, you can go when it's just warm enough that you're not running in icy wind. Yeah. Um, so it's the complete opposite in Australia, but it was nice to have that break in the middle of the day where you can kind of reset, refocus, and then be ready for the afternoon classes. Yeah. And it was probably the only time I'd see the sun in the winter is if oh, I wow. went in the middle of the day because yeah. it was so dark from, you know, yeah. it'd get it would get light out at eight and then get dark at four. Yeah. So those midday runs were always really yeah. exciting. Yeah, because you could get out and have some fresh air, as you said, and the sunshine, some vitamin D. <laughs> and then be able to focus better. And that's what the studies have shown as well, that when we get um, go out and exercise and we can then focus better, like our brains are wired that way. So then it helps us to focus once we've done a little bit of exercise. So that's awesome that that worked for you. <laughs> I'm looking at your little fella and he is just the cutest thing. <laughs> what a shame everyone else can't see him. Really wild. Exactly. <laughs> Busy, busy boy. He's wonderful. So yes. you you came back, you married Will, um, you finished your uh, mm-hmm. teaching degree. You were still running at that point, obviously. Um, yeah. You look like he's putting his hand up, then he wanted to say something. <laughs> oh, oh. Oh, and he wants your cup. <laughs> Tell me. Um, when, so you were, I'm just trying to think, when... Um, in Townsville, the running must have been quite different than in Canada. Yes. That's like, I expected it to be hot, but I didn't yeah. expect it to be quite so debilitating <laughs> straight away. Um, just the humidity hits you like a wall and you have to work out very quickly that, that you're running before the sun is up or you're running once the sun has set. Yeah. Um, otherwise, like I just found I was burning out a lot quicker. Um, I didn't like kind of get the hydration right. Yeah. So once I worked out, if I go before the sun rises, mm-hmm. um, I can survive. <laughs> but it took it took a while to <laughs> to kind of find yeah. that sweet spot of when to work out. Did you find um, it was it acclimatizing as well? Like that you actually could, as you'd been there longer and longer, your body got more used to it. It probably took a year yeah. before I felt like it wasn't incredibly uncomfortable um especially in the summer yeah and before I had left um to come to Australia I had done the hypothermic calf marathon which is when you run at minus 20 whoa (laughs) and so it was like from one extreme to another um both challenging probably easier to run on the cold than the heat isn't that funny so that's crazy yeah I've never heard of that. That just sounds mad. It's it's a pretty fun race. <laughs> so like you'd be running um, looking like a marshmallow. Like minus 20. <laughs> Surprisingly, you don't have to wear as many layers as you think. Um, it's pretty much just like a long sleeve shirt and a jacket and then you're good oh, to go. Wow. wow. That's amazing. I'll have to look that yeah. one up. So so you're in Australia, <laughs> you're married, you're um, a teacher now. Did you teach up in yeah. In Townsville? Um, I did all my placements in Townsville before we moved to Tasmania. Mm-hmm. And then I taught in a little town called Rosebury. 
Rosebery. And anyone from Tasmania who's listening to this definitely knows how little Rosebery is. <laughs> yes, on the West Coast, the wild West Coast. So you're on the West Coast because your husband's working in the mining industry. Mm. Um, I happen to know that. <laughs> so, um, you did some running while you were down here as well, like on the West Coast? Oh, absolutely. I found that was my first real introduction into trail running because there were no sidewalks. Yes. So it was out of necessity um, that I got into trail running because there was literally nothing else to do. Like when you become a mom, you expect, oh, I'll go to play groups or I'll go to a a prenatal yoga class and it'll be amazing. And I'll join all these mother's groups. And there just wasn't any of that. There wasn't any play, there weren't any play groups. There weren't any other active moms. Um, it was quite a transient area. Mm-hmm. And so basically all I had was hiking and running. And that's wow. pretty much all I did with, with Josie at the time. Um, it was just go for a hike. So how long <laughs> were you there for? How long were you in Rosebury for? Four years. Four years. Wow. Yeah. And you had, did you have Josie? John there as well? Jonathan? No, John was born in Launceston. Okay. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> so you had a little tiny baby and you were in this um, maybe a place. Did it remind you at all of Canada just because yeah. it's so wild over there? It, it did a bit, but I never lived that remote. Okay. So it was my first taste of really being remote. Um, mm. We were an hour and a half from a Woolies, um, yeah. an hour and a half from a hospital. Yeah. So you really had to plan ahead, but also just make the most of what you had. Like there was, there's sort of two ways you could go about it. You could lament over not having anything that you wanted or the activities weren't there, or you could just go for a hike. (laughs) And so we were only an hour from Cradle and we spent a lot of time there. Yeah. Just taking Josie in the hiking backpack and exploring as much as we could to make the most of it. Yeah. Which I'm glad we did because it's a really beautiful spot of the world. Like it's just very remote. (laughs) So bringing your, so obviously we can traverse people through you guys moved to Launceston and you, um, Mm. um, but your husband had to, you know, go down to work, still working in the same mine. So he wasn't home for, you know, week, week on week off or whatever, that kind of, no, he was only home on the weekends. It was so only was home on the weekends. Five so it wasn't two, even as good as that. So, yeah. <laughs> so, so challenging. So it was a five two roster. Mm. And then you see, so you had two young children, um, and you were a single parent during the week, basically yep. in in Launceston. Um, and you started running again, or you were still running. You got back to running. Um, actually, one question I did want to ask about is um, running when you were pregnant and when you had the little, like when the kids were really little, how you found all that, how you dealt with that? I think I had built up a bank of running miles, you know, so I had, I wasn't really missing it. Um, And I had set a goal that I wanted to run a marathon before I graduated from university. And so I felt like I had ticked that off a little bit where I could put running on the back burner. And not feel like I was missing a fair bit of it. So I just kind of took it as it came. Like if I was feeling yeah. up for it, I went for it. And if yeah. I wasn't, I wasn't too upset about it. So no pressure, um, which is good. Yeah. Whereas with Josie, um, I found out at 28 weeks that she had stopped growing. 
Okay. And I had thought it was from all the exercise. Yeah. And so when they said like your fundal height has stayed the same um, and that's the measurement of your, your stomach and it mm -hmm. increases a centimeter each week until you're 40 weeks. Yep. And it had decreased and I thought, oh, I must be doing a great job. I'm staying very fit. <laughs> but really it's because she had stopped growing. Um, and so that was a bit of a, a trying time. Yeah. So I was then put into observation for weeks and uh, she was born at 34 weeks and she was a kilo and a half. So oh, we spent wow. a lot of time in Bernie until mm -hmm. she was able to feed and we could leave when she was two kilos. Wow. So that was a bit of a, a challenging time. time, but yeah. And so I wasn't prepared to have a C-section. Yeah. That wasn't like in the plan, not that there mm -hmm. is always a plan, but mm -hmm. um, the recovery from that took longer than I expected. So yeah. I just really eased into running after Josie. Mm -hmm. So it took quite a while to get back to it. Mm. And by the time I was, I was pregnant again. So <laughs> <laughs> it felt like I had a, a bit of a hiatus there. Yeah. Often I think that happens. I mean, not everybody has those challenging pregnancies like you did with Josie but um people you know when they have when they get pregnant it, it, it does change things for a while quite for a lot of people you can't just go a lot of women you can't necessarily just go straight through and expect to do everything just as you've always done it and and with no change etc cetera, etc cetera. but anyway um so once you did you run it all with Jonathan is it when I was, ran when you to, like, because he was much healthier. Um, he was 4.1 kilos, so the end of the spectrum. Um, I ran until I think it was 32 weeks. Okay. Like I felt really good. Um, so yeah. I just kind of kept going. And then yeah. the dog park in Launceston, someone oh, someone was telling me a story of how they delivered a baby in the dog park. And <laughs> I was walking to the dog park every day. I decided I did not want to be the second person to have a baby in the dog park. <laughs> so I stopped that week and Funny. started taking it easy. <laughs> uh, there didn't need to be another one of those. <laughs> so were you pushing, were you running behind the pram at that point with Josie in the pram? Is that I what you were doing? pushing the pram mm. and reasonably pregnant. Yeah. Yeah, because I was going to say, you know, that give you because a lot of people, young mums, especially when they they start running or they, they run after having their baby, the running time is a time like a downtime. So they usually are leaving their child, with their partner or with someone and they're going for a run. But I'm thinking I'm pretty sure Ali took the children running most of the time, especially in those earlier I did try to time it, you know, that, that witching hour around four o'clock where everything is wild and you're not sure how you're going to make it to bath time. Um, it was a really good time to put Josie in the pram because she would stay awake but she was settled. Yeah. And then when John was born, he was the same. So the kids yeah. spent a great deal of time in that cruiser. Yeah, so they strong. did. And I would like to add to any of those young mums out there and I actually have already had two pregnant women on the podcast who when their episode went out, had already had their baby. So there's a couple out there who are, um, who are in this phase right now, um, although their babies aren't quite old enough for this tip. But one of the things we love whenever we go running with Ali um, and she had 
Josie and John with her is the amazing food that she would pack for them. So they would have these little snack packs full of, actually, we were quite jealous (laughs) because there was so much food that these children were eating on the way around. So it's no wonder that they couldn't wait to get in their jogger. (laughs) There had to be an incentive. And the more food you pack, the longer the run you can go for. (laughs) Which is amazing. Yeah, yeah, little yum boxes. I think is what you're remembering. Yes, amazing. Lots of little um, bits of food all chopped up into nice little bite-sized pieces as well. Thought that was pretty cool. Thanks. Well done, Ali. (laughs) So, I mean, I guess that moves us on to the fact that um, the way you manage to be technically a single mum for a couple of years with two kids because your husband was only home mostly on the weekends was um, you took the kids with you that's how you managed to keep running they just came everywhere with me and it was the really nice time that you don't even appreciate until they're at school where you have this freedom outside of that rigid school hour setup that you can just Take your time. If you want to spend the whole day out running, I used to call it a, a park crawl, where it's similar to a pub crawl. But you'd go, you'd go from one playground to the next, and you just spend the whole day out, and you pack a picnic blanket and maybe some snacks and extra water for you, and you just spend as long as you can outside. And every playground you stop, so the kids get out and have a play, and you have a break, and then it's a really good way of getting kilometers up. Like I used to run to Kids Paradise, which yep. is a fun one. And so that was 10 kilometers from my house. But then the kids would have this wonderful play and I'd have some downtime. And then and I'd coffee. feel fresh enough to run home. That's so, and that would take us all day. But there was no time limit. And you can just time it with their naps. And if you get home at four, well, that's fine. So you don't have school pick up. Yeah. Whereas now I find that a bit trickier because you have to be on time for things. Yeah, because you've got... Yeah. I, you've got um schools to worry about school runs yeah (laughs) yeah whereas that was like a really special time where you could just take as long as you need if you want to walk you can if you want to run a bit harder you can um if you want to stop and have a drink you can and let the kids loose and have a play so it was fun for them but it was also like a really like fun way to spend time with them um because you're just outside for an entire eight hours I love that. I think that I, I don't think I've ever heard of anyone really doing it to the degree that you, that I saw you doing that. And I thought that is so cool. Like most of us would just go, okay, we've got to go for a run, quick throw the kids in the car, quick throw them in the pram, quick go for the run, quick put it all back in the car. You know, so it was all very. Yeah. We yeah. just used to make a day of it. And there were such yeah. good playgrounds in Launceston mm. that it was okay. I would just usually sit and have a relax sort yeah. of, you know, off time while they were playing. Yeah. It was nice to feel like I could sit down and watch them um, and they could play while I ran. And anyway, and they're very encouraging. They usually shout, go faster and (laughs) keep keep you accountable. Lovely. That's what you know. You've got your kids or your coaches. (laughs) So we often talk in this podcast about the example our parents gave us and in return, the example we think we might be providing for our children. Do you do you reflect a bit on that yourself? So my dad didn't really sell running to me as this enjoyable activity. Um, because he's infantry, um, running was very much just an extension of survival. Mm-hmm. Like how far can you push your body? If you're under extreme circumstances, will you be able to 
survive and overcome. Um, and because he spent so much of his life, like on the front lines of extreme conflict, mm. it was very much like this mental strength scenario. So yeah. he spent a lot of time in Bosnia and Afghanistan and Kosovo mm. and like a large portion of my life. So when he places. would run, he would run to push himself mentally, but mm -hmm. not necessarily because it's enjoyable. Yeah. So all I remember from my dad is he would run a marathon without any training and then spend just like this point hours vomiting. Oh, <laughs> and it was horrible. And it was horrible to watch the like how far he could push his body. Yeah. And so he would want, run an ultra marathon, but not have trained at all. Um, and he's quite good at it. But he would never, ever train. He was just generally fit. Wow. Um, so, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> like the whole kitchen's being pulled apart. Oh, yeah. no. it's, it's, it's the play kitchen, but oh, gosh, it's noisy. Um, yeah, so I just remember seeing him in agony. Yeah. But having achieved this this goal he had set goal. out for himself. Yeah. Um, so I definitely don't want to have that as my children's perception of running yes it's it's so much more than just how far you can push yourself mentally like that's yeah. part of it but it's also like a community activity and a time to spend together and one of the best ways to catch up with friends is to go for a run rather yeah. than yeah sitting around with a beer whatever. yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly exactly like that's good too but it's um it's a really special way to spend time with kids yeah. and already they're enjoying it. Yeah. But it is a lot of pushing them along if you want them to go for a run. So I kind of yeah. let them decide how far they want to run. Yeah. Rather than forcing it. Yeah. That makes total yeah. sense. Yeah. So Sorry. what is what's very distracting with a <laughs> <laughs> just sound like he's picking things up and throwing them on the ground and smashing them <laughs> but obviously it's just I mean as in, in breaking them but obviously he's not it's just a play one so as you said um <laughs> what's running look like for Ali now like now you have three children and school is involved so it's providing some constraints but your husband's home every day yeah. my understanding where you are now which is is why we moved. Um, well, where are you? Really nice. We're in Orange, New South Wales, enjoying the five degree rainy weather. <laughs> so it does feel a bit Tasmanian. Yep. Um, yeah, so running now is usually at 8.30 at night okay. onwards. Um, yeah. Once I get all three to bed, I tend to go for a run, yeah. which is nice. I do miss running with the tram, but we got to the point where where do you put the third one? The, yeah. The first one should be on a bike, but she's not quite there yet. Yeah. Um, <laughs> my goodness. Sorry. He knows I'm not paying attention. <laughs> but he wants the attention. <laughs> he does. Uh, yes. So, so, so where are we? So you're running at night. Running at night, mm. which has been good. Um, mm. It does get a bit light. So sometimes yeah. I get home at 9.30 or 10, yeah. but it's kind of the only time I can fit it in. Yeah. Um, now that the kids are in school and that window of opportunity isn't always there with Asher yeah. and there's all these other jobs to get done during the day. Um, but it's good. It means I'm not pushing a 
pram. So it feels a lot easier. Yeah. Even though it's late. So how often are you going? Four or five times a week. Okay. Um, peak lockdown was a bit tough. So mm-hmm. I signed up for UTA 50. <laughs> Allie. Wow. That, that's like next May or something, March or May, I feel. Is that right? Yeah, we have six months. Okay. <laughs> Plenty of time. I think it's May. <laughs> it's May. It's definitely May. It can't be March. <laughs> I won't be ready by then. <laughs> have you got lots of heels there in orange? Orange definitely. is Okay, so that's all right. You can, um, yeah. you'll be fine. You'll rock it. <laughs> um, well, my, my new motto has been, the longer I take, the bigger the break. Oh. So I have 14 <laughs> hours. <laughs> um, but yeah, it is, it is a bit daunting now. What have I done signing up for this? But it's nice to have a goal and to have something outside of parenting and teaching yeah. other life stuff. So I was going to ask, um, do you think you're more goal focused or is there another... What, what motivates you to run apart from? I think that was a dark day in lockdown and I needed something to look forward to um, that wasn't about just being at home and a bit of hope for the future. Like it was feeling yeah. a bit bleak. Yeah. We, we weren't sure when it was going to end or how long this was going to continue. And there was a lot of homeschooling and a yeah. lot of children all the time. Yeah. And it just started to feel overwhelming. And I also got to the point where it was like this unhealthy spiral of, I would love my body back before kids, but focusing on diet and exercise can become really negative. Whereas if I'm focusing on nutrition and training, all of a sudden it's much better. (laughs) How old are, how old are the three kids now? Josie's, uh, she will be six in yeah. April. Sorry, yeah. skill testing questions. <laughs> John will be four in May. Well, March. Uh, March. Yeah. <laughs> and Asher is born on Australia Day, so he'll be one. This wow. So they're quite close, really, aren't they? They've got, well, I suppose it's like that two-year age gap between. And then yeah. three years between John and Asher. So there are plenty of us who know, and we can advise you, Ali, that it is just a season. And it will, and none of it lasts, as you pointed out before with the two in the pram and how delightful those days were. It's just a season. And there are things in this season which are amazing, which you will miss when you no longer have them. I think that was one of the best things about our running group in Launceston was just how much perspective there was from, from my aunties, you know, that all these older ladies referred to you as. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you're just like, yeah, this too will come to an end. Enjoy it while, yeah. while I'm in it. And you guys always took the pram and gave me the option to run at Cataract Gorge so I didn't have to push that <laughs> monstrosity around all the time. And it was just, it felt like such an uh, inclusive village, you know? Everyone really loves the kids and yeah. grow up a bit. Because they're amazing. And that's what, you know, running communities are often like that, as you kind of implied earlier. I think you said something about that even when you're um, teenagers, when you, when you were a teenager and you ran uh, for that, um, whoever it was, yeah. Fox. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Terry Fox. Terry yes. Fox. You know, you, you talked a bit there about it being the community and, and the group of, 
that you were hanging out with at that time and how, you know, what that was like. And that was one of the reasons you kept doing that because it was one of the positives to it before you fell in love with running, that is. <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's nice that it's always been a constant. Mm. Um, even how it changes. Yeah, that's right. Still, it can be here no matter what. You know, yeah, exactly. Like you said, it doesn't, and it, it's the running that you do at one period of your life is probably not going to look anything like that in 10 years or whenever because your life has changed and, and you'll have different goals and focuses, but you can keep running. You don't have to have to stop. It just looks different for that exactly. period, which is lovely. I think it's kind of really flexible that way. It is. How long do you think you'll run for? It's probably a good time to ask that question sorry um how long do I think I'll run for yeah I think until I can't yeah like whatever that might look like yeah. um I don't know I, I hope that it's something that just is consistent and yeah. continues for as long as I can yeah um yeah it would be nice to run with my dad at some point um if he can make it back to Australia yeah. Uh, when the borders first yeah. open of course so that would be nice um, yeah. to do some family running but I don't know he's still running in his 60s that's great he's becoming less goal-oriented which is also nice yep. I think he's starting to run because it is actually enjoyable and my grandma still runs um and she's in her 80s that's so, awesome <laughs> yeah Love she that. took up running in her 40s and did her first marathon at 50, I think. That's fantastic. And when she retired, she decided not to run marathons anymore because she wanted more time to socialize. Mm -hmm. So she's back down to half marathons. <laughs> Good on her. <laughs> so so you've, got, you've got great examples in your family. Yeah, like she is actually a wonderful example because she's always run with a group of ladies and she enjoys her long runs and that was always her time out yeah. and it didn't start until everyone had left the house and it was yeah. her time because it was a bit more conservative um yeah. in that everything had to be sorted before she could run yeah but to see her follow that through from her 40s you know, like nearly 40 years of running and how much she still enjoys it is really special that's fantastic. And she's so vibrant. And I think a lot of that comes from the joy she finds in being active. Yeah, being fit and healthy. That's yeah. really cool. I love that. Yeah, <laughs> so she's often, pretty awesome. I often ask people um, when they first called themselves a runner. Can you think of that in your head? I think in my mind I was a swimmer for so long. Yeah. That it was then hard to transition from that idea of I am a swimmer to I'm a runner mm. um, and it probably wasn't until I ran a marathon that I felt like I, I wasn't faking it like I was legitimately yeah. a runner <laughs> even though that's total rubbish Funny, like if it? you I run know. you're a runner yep. you don't have to have ticked a box of having yeah. completed something to then say yeah. oh I'm therefore a runner exactly. so I think it was it wasn't until I had started doing some races that I felt like oh maybe I'm more of a runner than a swimmer. Yeah. Um, but now it's, I think those barriers have been broken down. So it's, it's less of 
a hurdle that you need to overcome to consider mm. yourself a runner these days, which is really nice. Whereas I think before you had to be like competitive, or at least I felt like you had to be competitive and like actually winning something before you could consider so you yourself a runner. Yeah. Or it's just a hobby that you do and you might yeah. jog. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and next week it might be something else. I might take up knitting instead or something. Exactly. <laughs> this new fad <laughs> um, so in saying that have you ever had I mean obviously you've had periods where you haven't run so much because of pregnancy and, and other things have you ever had an injury that's put you out for a little while when I moved here to Orange um, I really was desperate to make friends because I had come off this high of being in Launceston and being part of these amazing groups so I was trying to fit in and keep up and the one person I found running was training for a marathon. And I figured, oh, how hard can it be? I'll just, I haven't run in a few weeks because we've moved tasks and, you know, yeah. all of these extra life things. And so she was halfway through her marathon training and I thought I could just kind of join in. And I got a stress fracture in my foot <laughs> and it was out for even longer. <laughs> no. Oh. So the only injury I had was from desperately trying to <laughs> keep up. <laughs> keep up. <laughs> so how did you find that like when you can't run so it's different if you're pregnant and you, you know there's other mm. things going on there and you're kind of doing it for the good of you know your baby or whatever is going on but yeah. when you have an injury it's kind of a different thing isn't it <laughs> that not being able to run uh, from an injury it was almost an identity crisis yeah yeah you have oh now what do I do um yeah. what do I do with my time I feel like if I'm not active, who am I? Like, yeah, what? exactly. Um, and I found that really tricky. Mm. And it was also like coinciding with, you know, having moved house and trying to find our feet yeah, in like orange. You, you and so it was like, oh, what, what do I do now? Now I'm just this broken person, <laughs> um, you know, hobbling around after the kids. But I think it really solidified how much I enjoy running. Isn't it amazing and how many people are actually running when you're not running? You like you notice yeah. that everybody is running. <laughs> exactly. And how much I just took it for granted. Yeah. Um, and so I really appreciated like what body can do, but also yeah. that it has limitations. Yeah. And that was probably the first time I could never just push through mentally that I actually had to stop and recover. Yeah. Um, then pregnancy. Oh my goodness. Well, we'll <laughs> don't worry, we'll be done, we'll be finished shortly. Um the identity thing is something we talk a bit about. <laughs> we talk about that for for a reason, and that is um yeah, that you know, when you have when you get injured, it's probably, it can be a problem anyway. So yeah. and for your identity. So maybe you know, us attaching identity to just being a runner can be problematic in itself, and that maybe it's that just um I'm someone who likes to stay fit, as you said earlier, um, because even when you're injured, you can often do things. That <laughs> I, it looks like he actually wants to go to sleep now. Is that right? If we just yeah, take, like, take a let's pause while you yeah. or and while you go and um, put him to sleep. What do you think? Is that all right? I should be yeah. maybe five ten minutes. Of course, I'll just cool. hit I'll pause just... and stay on, and, and um, yeah, yeah, we can go from there. Sorry. <laughs> Thanks. Fine. Okay.
Okay, we are back with the wonderful Ali. <laughs> She's managed to put Asha to down for a bit of a nap because I think it probably didn't bother all of us so much, but it was distracting Ali a little bit with her little man trying to get her attention <laughs> in any way he could. <laughs> so anyway, mm. Ali, we were talking about identity before, which is um, just an interesting thing. Well, I think I was making a... I made a statement about us maybe, you know, when, we don't, when we're too attached to being um, a runner and then we can't run for something beyond our control at the time, um, it can be quite devastating to our identity. So having, having attached, attaching our identities to something, you know, like I am the kind of person who loves to stay fit as opposed to just being a runner, um, I think is sometimes a way to protect ourselves from that devastation when we can't run for a little while um yeah I mean some people go and volunteer at running events and do all sorts of things to to help them overcome that uh, and I guess we we all find our own path through it it's just that um an interesting thing to ponder and if if we don't think about it at all it suddenly hits us and we go oh whoops you know because we can't run for some reason um yeah anyway that's my little rant about identity and, and how it affects us. And no, that's good. Us. I like that. <laughs> I think it's really hard when you become a mum too and mm. your identity is all of a sudden, like if it was tied up in being outdoorsy or doing stuff that are, it's just really challenging when mm. you need to manage all the logistics behind it. So mm. if you've come from like an outdoors background where you're a climber or a paddler or a runner or anything like that and all of a sudden, those are something, those are the things you can't do as easily or if at all, like it's a bit tricky taking a baby down a rapid. Um, <laughs> all sure of a sudden you, you go, who go. am I? <laughs> uh, well, we're a little bit more sensible nowadays, but <laughs> you know, nowadays. it is one of those things that I've talked about with, um, with some of my good outdoorsy mum friends that, oh, these are things that we really can't do now um, mm. for a period mm. or without great great amount of preparation yeah um, and just making off to the mountains or making off to the river isn't something that we can easily do and so what does that look like as we parent mm. yeah. and how are we going to have those things mesh well in our lives even when it was such a big part of our identity just being that outdoorsy mm. person or being that person who was into extreme sports or anything like that so Anyway, I can adjust my it, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, that's yeah. good. I love it. Yeah. Because, <clears throat> again, <laughs> it's an, a, a Canadian um, generalism, <laughs> being, you know, the outdoorsy <laughs> sort of thing and, and, and that kind of extremer sort of outdoorsy stuff. You know, the, as you said, the rapids and obviously lots of skiing and things like that um, in co well, extreme. Like I climbed weather. for a long time mm. and, and paddled. Um, mm. So those were like really big sports when we were in Townsville mm. was rock climbing and, and kayaking um, along the Tully River. And running always just kind of was in the background. Like it would, yeah. sometimes it's training for an event or I'm running to train or training to run, but it's, it's, always, mm. it's always there. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Um, and whether it's like the front and center activity or not, it's, but it's been the easiest thing to continue with kids. Whereas yeah. some of those other sports have really been put on the back burner and haven't been touched in a few years, mm. but running's always been there. Yeah, because so. it's accessible, I guess. That way. Isn't it? Yeah, it's great. 
So yeah. yeah, and it plays a supporting role when you are heavily into those other sports often too. Yeah, that the role of, to keep you fit as well, which is sort of how you mm. started it anyway. So it's kind of interesting. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you prefer, and I think I know the answer to this, do you prefer trail running to road running? I think it's really changing actually because um, mm-hmm. I used to get quite a buzz from rock climbing and that mm-hmm that sort of inflow feeling where you can't think of anything else. You can only think of the next step or the next climb or the next rapid. Um, And your mind just really focuses. And so prior to having kids, running was a really good escape and I could kind of let my mind wander and just zone out a bit. Mm -hmm. Whereas now I, I really like trail running where I just have to focus and have to just think of one foot in front of the other and mm-hmm. not think about all the other things that are happening. Mm-hmm. Whereas road running is really good for that, where you can just kind of go on a lot, nice long yeah. stretch of road and not have to worry about anything else. Whereas mm-hmm. mixing that with trail running has been really fun. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I think they both have a, a purpose and a place. They both have an advantage. But it's been nice feeling that adrenaline rush of Oh, I'm not quite sure where I'm going or I'm yeah. not quite sure what the next bend has in store and how hard the next hill is going to be. Like that's been a bit of a rush again, yeah. which I really missed from not climbing and not paddling. And But then it's also nice having time to zone out and just run along a straight road. Yeah, <laughs> so, and do some things. Yeah, both which, are good. <laughs> which brings me to another question I often ask, and that is what kind of things do you, are you thinking about when you're running? Hmm. don't have to be specific Um, of course I think I think it varies like Mm. some days parenting is just really really relentless and Mm. you're just playing over all the things you could have done better in the day or how you could have been calmer or it's like a nice time to reflect and other times it's that ending like never-ending to-do list of what else do I have to do what's in the fridge what do I need to sort out when I get home um so often it's just a bit of, of nothing really, um, yeah. which is also nice. It is. It's so kind of that downtime as you like, referred to before. Yeah. And sometimes it's just nice to run with friends and hear how they're going and not think about all the things that are happening in your own life. Yeah. And so running with friends is really nice for yeah. that too. Um, yeah. I love the way Sharing you just described the... Um, problems. Yeah. I, oh, I love the way you described the... Um, the difference between you know road running versus trail running and what's going on in in your thoughts then because i think that's probably that's a really good way to to describe the what can be the difference between the two and the benefits that we can have for both which i think is really cool and i think the trail running you notice when you're letting your mind wander outside mm-hmm. of the present because you trip and fall <laughs> whereas like if you're not focused on exactly where you're putting your feet or um just managing the run like being in the moment that's really great for trail running so it's nice having the mix where you have to be so present or you'll roll an ankle or you'll miss the snake that's down the road or whatever um yeah. whereas trail running or road running you can just wander let your mind just explore the problem that you're trying to solve mm. um, and mm. just enjoy it I love or that. listen to a podcast and yeah or listen to a podcast. <laughs> do you do you yeah. find that um 
you listen to much stuff when you're running? Are you uh, something in your ears kind of runner most of the time or just in certain situations, depending on where you are and what you're doing? Because I've been running late at night, I tend not to listen to anything just mm. because it's dark and trying to be want all your senses. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's nice to listen to an audiobook for a long run. Mm. For road running, I find it's nice to listen to audiobooks or podcasts. Mm. But I find if I'm listening to music, I tune out to how my body's going. And yeah. then I feel like I, I can start getting cramps or I feel like I've let my breathing get out of control. And all of a sudden I'm like running at a pace that's not comfortable or I just kind of lose sense of what my body's doing. So I that's find listening to music isn't always helpful. Sometimes mm -hmm. like if mm -hmm. I'm doing a speed workout, it's nice to listen to something to distract mm -hmm. from how challenging it can be. Yeah, but most of the time it's just nice to zone out. Mm. Yeah. I love that. That's really have cool. Have, have some quiet. Probably yeah. more so when I didn't have kids, you wanted to fill that quiet space. Whereas now that I have kids and it's always busy and interrupted and disjointed in thinking and in speaking, um, it's nice to just <laughs> have it quiet. <laughs> And you were a perfect yeah. example. Know how it is? <laughs> I do know how it is. I totally do. <laughs> but it is all seasons, as we said. <laughs> it's all seasons. Yes. <laughs> so, if you had to choose one thing, how would you say that running has improved your life? That's a really good question. Hmm. hmm. Um. I probably I think that probably the biggest thing is there's there's like been a societal shift in how we view our bodies mm -hmm. um, especially as women of our bodies are to be looked at or appreciated um, and like what size we are is sometimes how we then determine how we feel about ourselves but I feel like that all kind of faded away when I really got into running and mm -hmm. it was more about how how amazing are our bodies that we can run for kilometers and kilometers and still have left, like still have energy left to do the things we want to do when we get home. And how much better do we feel because we're running? And it's like running is not a punishment for what we ate, but it's like something we do because we enjoy it and how wonderful we feel after and how self-assured you can be um, because you're able to push your body that way mm -hmm. rather than just doing it because you want to then see the results. Mm -hmm. Like, I think when I was in my twenties, I ran because I wanted to be a certain size or I wanted to be a certain physique for then another sport. Mm -hmm. But then once I started running because I loved it and I actually want to reflect how much I love how much my body can do by running, I think it just all, all of a sudden shifted mm -hmm. and it was really quite empowering rather than something to do as a result of what I ate if that makes yeah. any sense yeah 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 so you're running like for it the... really shifted my body image yeah like it, you're running yeah. for how for how it makes you feel not how it makes you look per se as exactly it, it's a much deeper thing I think at its core it's something that we are all supposed to do in 
Otherwise we would get eaten by a saber-toothed tiger <laughs> or we would not catch yeah. our food. So our bodies are actually made to run. So when we do run, it kind of, if things feel in flow, especially if you're, as you said before, listening to your body and, and all that kind of stuff, then any of us, no matter our, our body shape or our fitness level, um, can find a flow, even if it's just running for five minutes to the next lamppost or whatever, we can all do it pretty much exactly <laughs> and shifting the mindset of like I'm doing this because I have to but doing it because like how lucky am I to be able to run like, mm. not everyone can run not everyone is able to but right now in my body I can move and it feels really good um I'm doing it because like how amazing is it that mm. everything works in the way that it does that I'm able to propel myself for multiple kilometers so yes yeah. empowering yeah. That's what yeah. it is. It's very empowering. <laughs> I know exactly. I've had that feeling. Yes. The first time I was able to, like, I live 20 kilometers from, from town. And the first time that I could run from home to town, it was like, whoa, I got that way yes. by myself. <laughs> Wasn't on yes. a bike or a car. <laughs> it's like, wow. And I think that kind of sense of, um, of empowerment and, and being in the flow and all that kind of stuff um, is very powerful. Um, for us as humans because it makes us feel like there's nothing that we can't do if we can't if we can do something like that then there's nothing we can't do and the reality is most people have the ability to do it if they focus on it for a little while so yeah exactly which is awesome we love you running it up nicely <laughs> we all love yeah, running <laughs> <laughs> so um what's the best advice that you have had about running from other people or that you've read somewhere in a book can you think of anything? Um, I think when there's, there's probably two things, um, which I've recently been trying is, can you push yourself 5% harder? Mm. So when you feel like giving up, can you go just, just 5% more? And I feel like quite often we can, it's yeah. just, do we want to? Yep. And so once you realize like, of course we can, and then you're back on track. And I yeah. find that's been really helpful as I've been easing back into it after Asher of yeah. I can just go I can just go five percent more mm -hmm. um, and the other one is if you focus on moving your arms your legs tend to pick up the speed <laughs> so I find that that's been really helpful like rather than focusing on how fast can I move my legs yeah. can I just move my arms faster and then your legs just match that and it's I, I find that's always helpful if I'm going a bit slower oh, I'm gonna have a go at that <laughs> I like that yeah <laughs> Yeah, that was from um, from high school. One of the older runners ran yeah. along uh, ran alongside us and just said, "Move your arms faster. Your legs will catch up. <laughs> it's much easier to focus on your hands than your legs because they're closer." Yeah, okay. <laughs> closer I guess I don't know. It's like a nice psychology it. trick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's awesome. I love it. I'm going to try it. Like I said, I like it. Thank you. Mm. <laughs> right. Um, you've got the UTA coming up. Is there anything else after that or is it just really hard to think about stuff beyond May next year? Um, I don't know. Like I find it's nice to have a goal, um, mm. but we'll see. Maybe Bruni Island. We'll see. Yes, you I should come in Bruni Island next December and we'll all do it in a team. Or you could just run the whole 64 and, and there'll be plenty of us around I'd rather to support not. you. <laughs> 
like it is a challenge I'll say. <laughs> it's taking a fair chunk of my life to train for 50 <laughs> oh there's only um, 14 more certainly not much different <laughs> yeah it's like how hard can it be you know well, that's right exactly and that's the attitude <laughs> That's the worst that could happen. You walk it. Yeah, right? exactly. So exactly. Like, I love yeah. it. All right. Ali, do you have any tips for mm -hmm. beginner runners? So if somebody came to you and said, apart from those awesome couple of tips you gave us a minute ago, what else would you, like somebody wanting to start running and especially, you know, to, to be consistent with yeah. their running and keep going? I think it's finding out what motivates you. Um, like some people are really goal-oriented and like, the atmosphere of a race or some people really like connecting with friends over running or the time out um, mm -hmm. and just running by themselves so I think it's figuring out what's your personality and disposition mm -hmm. yeah like and and that it can also change mm -hmm. like sometimes it's really wonderful to run with a group and sometimes life just doesn't work out where you can yeah. um, but both are okay and races are fun but not racing is also fun so just realize that like running is so flexible and that it can be something you do on the side to train for something else or it can be your primary sport but it's always there to be enjoyed mm -hmm. and even if you're running to the end of your driveway and back you know everything can flow on from that and it's mm -hmm. it's okay if you're only running a kilometer you're still running yeah and you can enjoy it I guess I don't know that was probably a little too wordy. Sorry. <laughs> Not at all. I love it. I love it. Um, <laughs> I just maybe think though, because a lot of people, well, not, earlier on in the podcast, we had got a lot of people saying park run, <laughs> which is, mm. which is fun. Uh, but I didn't remind me just then to ask you whether you do park run up in Orange very much. Um, I totally don't, uh, <laughs> okay. because it's. I find it just doesn't work with our family at this point. Um, and I actually hate running 5Ks. I feel like that is my least favorite distance. And that's, that's okay. <laughs> what do you prefer? What's um, your favorite distance? Well, I read somewhere, if you can't go fast, go far. Uh -huh. And so I'm not particularly fast, but I can go far. <laughs> so <laughs> um, I just find 5Ks, like I'm just warming up. And then yeah. it takes me a while. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, it depends. Like park runs great for some people and I have lots of friends who really enjoy it. Yeah. But I find the timing just doesn't quite work. Yeah. So I don't do it. That's interesting. <laughs> I've got some, I mean, and in this season in your life, I've got some friends who will do things like run to park run, do the park run and then run home or whatever that they're doing. Mm -hmm. So they end up doing like a 20 or something <laughs> sometimes depending on where, where they're going, what they're training for. So parkrun just becomes a part of their, you know, their training schedule training. in that way. That's, think, oh, that's interesting. That's exciting to hear about too. And I'm glad yeah. it's going on because it's it's really accessible and it's a great vibe and atmosphere. But I find it's sometimes really tricky working it out with kids. Mm. And so at this point, because Will's home, I just tend to run either before the kids wake up or after mm -hmm. they've gone to bed. And dragging them along to a race is isn't always enjoyable no. or even well, park run it, isn't always enjoyable in a few more years though they'll be park run worthy <laughs> they'll be, I think that tends to be something if park run here on. there's there's one there's one straight that's a tunnel 
and the pram is as wide as the tunnel. Wow. And so I think that was the deterrent was <laughs> because if oh. I go, I block it up for everyone else. So well, I think, yeah, at some point, the kids back, will be that's able why to, I've stopped going. <laughs> they'll be able to run their own, run it themselves in the, before you know it. I know it feels like ages away, but a few more years, if they're interested, they'll be able to, to do that. Yeah. <laughs> and then it will be a family yeah. thing that you can do if you want it. Yeah. I think that's also the tricky thing too, is that Will's not really into running. And yeah. I think I've tried pushing it a bit harder at other times in our life. And yeah. now he's kind of coming around to the idea that running will just always be a part of my life. <laughs> and maybe it's not so bad after all. <laughs> so maybe he'll come out. Maybe we'll win him over. Who knows? <laughs> you never know. Yeah, he's it's built for there. it. Yeah, he is. He looks a bit like a runner, yeah. actually. I was thinking. No. <laughs> and he'd probably be good at it too. Don't you hate that? Mm. <laughs> you know, people who don't really want to run he and really they're is. actually good at it. <laughs> Stop it. Yeah. So he, they've crazy. been training with me for the UTA where we have one of those cargo bikes to yeah. put all of our children in. And so he rides the bike and then I try to keep up alongside them. Oh. So that's been nice. Oh, that is nice. See, it's a family thing. That's so cool. Yeah. But it's it's working out what works for the family now. And right now it's the giant wheelbarrow of a bike mm. <laughs> alongside the running. So. Yeah, for now. Yeah. It'll all change. Don't worry. For now. <sighs> Says the, the lady who's, um, whose baby just turned 18. <laughs> so, <laughs> and they all have their own wheels. So they don't need me much at all, which is lovely. Gives you more space to do your running should you choose to do that, which is great. That is great. I can't imagine for being 18. Yes, it's crazy how that happens. <laughs> but it will also happen to you one of these days, not too far away. It feels like ages away now, I'm sure, but it'll happen. 18 years. I promise. 18 years. Yes. <laughs> That'll just go past like that. <laughs> So, Ali, is there, before we finish up, is there anything about running that you think we should mm -hmm. talk about or mention that we haven't already? We have covered a fair bit, haven't we? We have. Um, yeah. I think just the power of running community mm -hmm. and how freeing that can be especially when you become a parent again, like yeah. having a second child, like it seems achievable when you have one, but yeah. all of a sudden when you have two, you're outnumbered during the day and it becomes really daunting. Whereas I had a whole group of cheerleaders every Friday morning and it just made running so enjoyable, even though like it wasn't about the running really, no. it was more about being a part of the community. And that yeah. in that season was just perfect. Yeah. So very grateful to that. Mm. yeah that's lovely a highlight of Launceston <laughs> no, no, I've had some people not talking about our running group but I'm just in general saying mm. um, that they maybe started running to lose weight or to run a 5k you know do some mm. um, some ticking of boxes or whatever but they kept running because of the community that they you know fell into because of running and I thought that's actually such a lovely sentiment in itself isn't it well have you ever met an awful mean runner probably not no 
<laughs> think I'm I have. Very happy. That's <laughs> Certainly when they cross the line, finished. Okay, now I'm happy. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Sometimes grumpy in the middle of a marathon. Yes. But once they're finished, they're generally very happy. <laughs> While they get over the cramps. Exactly. Um, <laughs> shouldn't talk about the negative side. <laughs> There's no negative side. It's all very exciting. Isn't that right? <laughs> Until you injure yourself. Yeah, that's true. All right. Yeah. Ali, I have taken up so yeah. much of your time already. Um, don't hop off straight away because I'll say goodbye to you off the recording as well. But I did want to acknowledge that um, you've spent some time with us on the podcast and I know how valuable time is and trying to squeeze it in with the kids and everything that's going on in your life. I really appreciate that you have given us some of your time and shared some of your bubbly wisdom about running. I love it. I love how much you, um, you know, your sentiments on running are fantastic and, and well thought out too. So I really appreciate the time you've spent with us and what you've shared. So thank you. Thanks. I've enjoyed it. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Fit Mind Fit Body podcast. I'd love to talk to you about your running journey. So send me a message on Facebook or on the website and let's do it. For a bunch of resources on mindful running that will help you get and stay mentally and physically fit, head over to the website fitmindfitbody.co and I'll see you there. Plus, I'll be back here in your podcast player a few times a week. Hit subscribe now so that you don't miss an episode. And before you go, I'd really appreciate it if you'd leave a review. It'll help more people to find the podcast and get inspired to start running. I'll see you soon. Bye.